Wonder how that woman came up with her cool idea and turned it into a business? Listen in to find out how. Welcome to Women Inspired. I'm your host, Linda Ugalo. And on this show, I speak with women and a few cool dudes, all of them change makers, artists, healers, or entrepreneurs about what fires them up and how they put their dreams into action. And I'm excited today to bring on someone who sees business as a way of making ethical and, and sustainable change. She has a company called Stina and May. It's a motherhood accessories company that sees a way of making change in the fashion industry. Welcome, Thank Michelle. You. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes. So, Michelle Akunshrinde. Yes. I love that name. Is where's Akunshrinde from? It is a West African name, mm -hmm. uh, and it means the leopard has returned. Ooh, very powerful. Mm -hmm. Yes. So you have a business that has a mission. Yes. Tell me about. Tell me about the mission of your business, and then we'll get more into the, like the details of what you do. Well, when I started Stina and May, I had to put it. Bit, I put it a bit on hold when I got pregnant with my son, who I'd like to call our co-creative director. <laughs> and um, during that time, it was a pretty tumultuous pregnancy, and there was a moment where we thought we might have a premature child. And so I prepared for maybe an early arrival, and fortunately, uh, with a lot of prayer, goodwill, and blessing, he came at 39 weeks. And I thought it would be really a kind of a good thing to give those clothes that I was preparing for for my little bundle of joy to the NICU. And then I realized also with doing a little bit of research that there are so many children out there that don't necessarily have the things that they need. And I saw that we could try to help that situation by implementing that into the fabric and foundation of Cena and May by the initiatives that we have. And one of them is where our customers can elect to add um, a small fee to their total purchase. We will mail them out a bag. They can then take all of the unused or gently used clothes from their little ones because they grow so quickly right. and send them back to us. And we will make sure that they get into the hands of children that need them. Oh, what a great idea. Because, well, Thank I you. mean, they usually go into, you know, goodwill or they get handed to friends, but a lot of them probably just go unused. They get moldy in the basement and then tossed. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So we partner with nonprofits and domestic violence shelters to be able to provide moms in need to have the ability to clothe their children. Mm, beautiful. Thank you. That's great. So what is Stina and May? Stina and May is a motherhood accessories company. We like to say it's where mom life meets style. So we try to bring style to the everyday products that mom, moms use. Uh, we started out with a line of transitional handbags because everyone knows that there are some handbags that are very much geared towards a child, but our product is geared towards the style of the mom. So they have the style and aesthetic of a handbag, but the functionality of a diaper bag. So you kind of get a two for one. Oh, that's so cool. Thank so you. you don't have to feel like you have to sacrifice bringing something nice with you just because you need to bring all the things for your, your young child. Yes, it's a combination of style and functionality. And 
So we bring that aesthetic to everything that we do. We recently just launched a line of luxury vegan leather changing mats and they are amazing because they're nice to look at but they also have an antimicrobial and stain resistant technology on them so that no mold or mildew will grow on the surface of the mat and that technology is also in our bags as well. Mm -hmm. So you say that um, you want to change the the ethics of the fashion industry. Yes. Speak a little bit about that. You kind of alluded to that just now, a vegan So all fabric. of our products are made from vegan and cruelty-free oh, fabrics or textiles. And also, we make all of our products in the United States. Mm -hmm. And so it was very, very important to us to be able to have uh, a good control over our um, product line, how it's made, where it's made, and what goes into it. Because we know with things that come to our children, we really want to make sure that they're of good quality and they don't necessarily have any chemicals or anything that could be harmful. And so being able to have a tight eye on our production by having it in the United States has really made it, um, you know, something that we're really proud of. Mm. So what ways does that not happen in other parts of the fashion industry? What do you see going on that you're responding to? There are many documentaries out right now that speak about the fashion industry um, and really about the treatment of the workers. Uh, they say one in six people work, one in six women work within the, some form of the fashion industry worldwide. and. So if you look at that, that's an incredible... One in six women? Yes, that's an incredible, in the world, work within the fashion industry. And a lot of times they're working in garment factories where they're not necessarily treated very well. Um, and we feel like our way of responding to that is making sure that we're paying fair wages to anyone that works with us in the production of our products. Not only do, they, do we make sure that there are fair wages, but we also want to make sure that we really know who is working on it. And that's, again, why we would decided to do our production stateside, uh, meaning in the United States. Mm -hmm. So um, how close, I mean, are these places that only they just do work for you, or do they work for other people as well? Or I don't even know anything about the garment industry or the fashion industry. Well, in the Boston area, there was a huge... Uh, garment, textile, leather industry. And I feel like Sina May, in some small way, is contributing to hopefully the revival of that sector and the livelihood of all of those people uh, being able to come back and do really do what they really love. And so we're working with a lot of local uh, Boston area factories to be able to produce our products, as well as we're working, one of our production partners has a partnership where she has uh, been training Syrian refugees to be able to work within the garment industry here. And so it's kind of amazing to see how we can help in some small way. Mm -hmm. And why vegan? Well, vegan, I'm vegan. Mm -hmm. uh, but also because we wanted to make sure that we cared about all moms, including those of the four-legged kind. And so to utilize leather 
for us isn't necessarily a choice that we would want to use or any animal products. And so we wanted it to be cruelty free mm -hmm. all the way around. And we found amazing vegan leathers that are super soft and to the touch and just really high quality. And so a lot of the time it took for development was really searching for the right textile. And we think we found that in the products that we're using now. That's cool. Thank you. Yeah. So, like, how did we talk about doing research? Like, had you been in this industry before? Like, how did you know where to begin? Or how did you get started? It was a lot of trial and error. But, yes, to answer your question, I was in the fashion industry, but from the journalistic side. Oh. And so I had countless interviews with designers and countless fashion shows and... Really, the way Cena and May originally had started was going to Fashion Week, you need a bag. I need a bag that's cute, that's going to hold all of your things. And so I started whipping up little bags to kind of help me do that. And then when I got pregnant, I realized that there was really a need to bring that same aesthetic and functionality into motherhood accessories. And that's why, again, I called my son our co-creative director for Cena and May because he was kind of responsible in his little way uh, to why and how we pivoted kind of from just making handbags to really making handbags uh, that are directly geared towards moms and parenthood. So you were a journalist? Yes. You used to cover the fashion industry. Correct. You would interview people. Yeah. You saw what happened behind the scenes. So you had some kind of an idea of like who you could reach out to to get like, like how did you pull that all together? It was a lot of networking. And what I found about, about, I found out about manufacturing, especially in the United States, and finding a manufacturer here, it's all about who you know. Mm. It is 100% about who you know. It's a very old industry in the sense of you can Google, but a lot of these factories may not have, um, may not have an up-to-date website or things like that. So what you would need to do is be able to kind of really count on people who know other people. And so I actually found my manufacturer through a uh, woman who I was in an accelerator program with from Babson called the Babson Wind Lab. She was working with someone and said, hey, I think they might do bags. I'll connect you. She connected me. Unfortunately, my product was a little too complicated for them. But then she connected me to who is now our manufacturer. Oh. It's a lot of connecting. So what, what is the Babson Wind Lab? Talk about that. The Babson Wind Lab is an accelerated program for women in high growth uh, businesses. And so essentially the program helps you in your next stage of growth. It's amazing, amazing. Uh, you get paired with a one-on-one -on -one coach who you uh, interact with on a regular basis can help you with a lot of things, kind of help you think through a lot of things. I think as an entrepreneur, one of the things that can happen is it can be really lonely. And uh, you can be in your own head a lot. And the Wind Lab really kind of pairs you with someone and also gives you that sisterhood. So with women who are in the same situation as you are. And so it was a really uh, amazing program that lasts um, eight months. And they have one here. Uh, in Boston, and then they have one in Miami as well. Okay, so the one in Boston is through Babson College, is that right? Both of them, yes. They're Babson. both through 
Babson yes. College. Correct. Okay. So, and it's a live, in-person program as opposed to a virtual program. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, we had uh, classes. I, I guess the best way to put it is to say classes every uh, week, once a week, for approximately four hours, and it was great because sometimes. Um, it would provide that structure. So there was kind of a structure which really helped propel us and kept us moving and moving and gearing towards being able to really create launch plans and just accelerate our businesses beyond what we may have thought they could go. Mm. Wow, it sounds like a, a wonderful program. It's a great program. I yeah. can't say enough about it. So when did you complete that? We completed uh, this last cohort I believe in April, okay. sometime in April. So you were doing it through 2016 to 17. And yes. when did you launch your business? Stephen May had already been launched. So one of the things with the Wind Lab is that you have to come up already with some groundwork because the way to, to effectively utilize, I think, the program best is to already have laid the foundation. Mm -hmm. And so they kind of help you get to that next level mm -hmm. of your business, wherever you are. Either if you're at the foundation, you might be at the first floor, they're going to help you get to the top. Um, but yeah, they kind of help you get to that next level. Mm -hmm. So you talked about having different lines. What lines do you have? In terms of Stina and May products? Yes, Stina and May products. Yes. So currently right now we have a line of transitional, transitional handbags. We also have a line of We also have a line of uh, changing mats as well as a line of organizational pouches. Uh, organizational pouches? Yes. So is that a handbag? It's a small pouch that you use to organize your pouch. So think of it as a larger wallet almost. And so it's really helpful to kind of organize your diaper bag or your handbag and you kind of, it's a great thing for moms. Also, sometimes you may not want to carry like a huge diaper bag into the store. Just grab your little pouch and you walk. And so you have your keys, your wallet, your, all of the necessities I like to keep in mind. Some people keep their gym things in there so that they have a change of gym clothes. Other people keep diapers and wipes kind of to keep everything organized. Okay, so it's, so you don't have this one big bag that you're kind of like rummaging through exactly. and trying to find exactly. stuff. We all know how our <laughs> bags can become the bottomless pit, so yeah. utilizing organizing pouches kind of help. Oh, that's great. So is it mostly moms who use your bags then, or do you find other people have caught on? Actually, it's kind of funny. Uh, I've had a number of people say, do I have to be a mom to use your bag? And I say, absolutely not. You just have to be a woman who loves organization. Because at the end of the day, our bags are bags that just help you organize whatever aspect of life you're in. And so we like to say our bags are for every stage of motherhood. Mm -hmm. So how did you even, like, do, how, I'm so curious about this. Like, how do you get into this? How did you come up with a design? Like, you talk about organization, like, was it just you thinking, oh, it'd be nice to have this, or did you market, do market research, or? A little bit of both. Uh, so when I first had my son, coming from the fashionista uh, world, I said, I am not using the diaper bag. Sorry, sister. 
Uh, but my sister had brought me this diaper bag, which was incredibly functional and I'm incredibly grateful for. But it just was not my aesthetic. And so I really, really was like, eh, I don't want to use this bag. And so I used my handbag. And I realized that that was not going to happen. Because I, I wanted to keep a little bit of myself. You go into the hospital yourself and you come out mom and you're like, whoa. And so I just wanted to kind of keep a little bit of, you know, the old me. And so I utilized uh, my handbag and realized that it quickly became a bottomless pit with an infant carrying around several changes of clothes, diapers, wipes, bottles, and everything. And so I put on my, my diaper bag as well, begrudgingly. I used that. And I became a bag lady. And it was at that moment I said, no, there has to be a better way. Why can't I utilize the organization that I had in the bags for Fashion Week for motherhood. And then I just quickly came up with a design. Um, I did a lot of product testing with friends. I uh, joined a lot of groups with moms um, in it and kind of picked their brains and really just came up with the functionality components of the bag and uh, it sketched away. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's see. So then how do people buy them? Like, do you sell in online, over in stores? How does that work? So right now, we are selling on our e-commerce site, which is Um And also, we'll be launching a Kickstarter for the line of, our next line of transitional handbags. Now, what does transitional mean? Well, we don't want to use the word diaper bag. Uh, we found that when you use the word diaper bag, many people think, oh, well, my child's not in diapers anymore, so I don't need it. But we also know that as moms, you can carry things for your children when they're in their six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old. And you still need something to carry that stuff in. Why suffer and utilize a purse where it, again, becomes the bottomless pit? And so we provide a handbag that can go from every aspect and every stage of a woman's life, from work because it's discreet enough, it does not look like a diaper bag, hanging out or just hanging out at the park with other moms or wherever you need to go. The bag is really kind of that transitional piece. That's brilliant. Thank you. I think I might need something like that. <laughs> I know where you can find something. I'll have to take a look around. <laughs> so where, where do you want to go with this? What's your vision? Uh, my vision for Stina in May is to really become the place where moms go to find products, like I said, the products that they use every day that have a lot of style. Stylish moms need stylish things. And I want to be helping, I want to be helpful with that mm -hmm. and provide that with Stina in May, but also stay close to our core mission of making sure that our products are cruelty free and also making sure that we are able to empower moms to help other moms and be stylish at the same time. Mm -hmm. So are you hoping to get into storefronts as well? Eventually, yes, yes. To go into uh, retail right now, um, you know, working on our e-commerce site seems to be working pretty well for us, mm -hmm. but eventually possibly looking into that uh, avenue as another avenue of being able to distribute our product. Mm -hmm. I wonder, I'm curious like at what moment does that happen? But it sounds like you're right now you're developing your e-commerce site that's going well and then it'll become apparent. Exactly. 
Is that what your ideas? That We're you'll really know when to. Letting the market kind of tell us and letting mm -hmm. our consumers say, hey, we want your product and we want to be able to touch it, feel it, see it uh, prior to that. And really listening to our customer. And when our customer says, this is what we want, being able to provide that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just really key to make sure that uh, we listen to our customer. And we've been doing that thus far, and it's been pretty successful. Mm -hmm. How do you define success? I find, hmm, that's a great question. In terms of Stina and May, when we purchase a product, when we create a product and someone purchases it and writes an amazing review or raves about our product or recommends us to a friend, that's success because we all know we only talk about the things we love. We don't very much uh, recommend the things that we don't love. And so when a mom or a customer says, we love Stina Mae, they're amazing, that for me is success. Mm -hmm. That's great. So you, f you get your sense of success as you move along. Correct. Yes. yes. Every, actually, this morning, uh, we just got a little tag on Instagram. Every time I see one, it makes me so happy of an, of an awesome mom who is also a fan, and she's raving about us in a post to another mom who uh, had purchased a product that she wasn't very happy with. And this mom said, well, you need to go to at Stina and May. And it was just very helpful. And it makes you want to do a little happy dance every time you see it. Oh, that's great. So is there anything that you would recommend somebody be aware of if they were going to make a product line? Like, what, what advice would you give to somebody who was in your shoes a few years ago? What I would say to especially anybody just in business uh, in general, is just to kind of know your target market. Be very, very specific as to who your customer is. And I think that will dictate a lot of things in terms of pricing. And once you can figure uh, those things out, everything else kind of just falls into place. I would say network, network, network. You are not going to find your manufacturer if you don't network. And what do you feel like has been like one of the biggest challenges for you as you have been building this business? I think as a mom, uh, feeling like there's not enough hours in a day. Mm. Uh, a very uh, close person to me said, you know, you have so many hours in a day and you have so many plates to spin. And just because you add another plate doesn't mean you get another hour. Mm -hmm. And so... I feel like becoming a mom has actually really helped me prioritize a lot better because I know, boom, I need to get this and this done and this done, and then I can have free time to interact with my son, play with my son in these like formative years, and I don't necessarily feel pulled in one direction or the other. Trying to be very aware and present in the activity that I'm doing at that moment, and then then kind of allows me the freedom to really enjoy that moment without thinking, oh, no, I have to get this, and oh, no, I have to email this person, oh, no, I have to do that, and then not really being present uh, in mind. Mm -hmm. So do you feel like it's made you a, a better business person to be a mom? Definitely, definitely. I prioritize a lot better. Uh, I think I'm a lot more time efficient. You don't know how much you can get done on nap time until nap time is the only time you can get anything done. Mm. And so 
uh, just kind of learning how to be, uh, I guess, a better in terms of time is really kind of one of the key things mm -hmm. that I've learned uh, as a mom. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that you feel like you've been able to take from being a parent to bring into your business? Oh, patience. <laughs> patience, patience, and patience. Um, it's kind of funny when I, prior to becoming a mom, I used to say, joke that my businesses were uh, my children. And oh, how hilarious that was. Now that I actually have a child. And so it's like, if that was the case, they're kind of put on a back burner sometimes, which, uh, you know, when you have a little one, it's, it's kind of tough. And that's why, again, I try to make sure that I'm very present in what I'm doing at that moment so that I can then spend time with my son without having regrets or worries. Right. So you're present with him as well. Yes. Yes. Phones away. I don't want to be, you know, on my phone. Okay. And then when I say, you know, mommy has to get some work done, he might not like it, but he does understand that mm -hmm. it's not going to be the whole day. Mm -hmm. Well, this is the time I love to ask my guests to pull a card out of the box, a wild card. And I'd love for you to just put your hand in and pick one and speak about whatever you find. Humor. Ooh, I love this. Hmm. Well, with a toddler, everything... <laughs> Little things in the day are hilarious. They just do so many funny things. My son cracked me up on a daily basis. But uh, I think humor is a really great trait to have. It kind of makes life easier, lighter, happier. I guess that's how I look at humor. Do you feel like you can bring that then into the work that you do as well? Of course. Of course. I feel like you have to have a little bit of humor in everything that you do. You can't take yourself too seriously. You can't. Life's too short. Mm -hmm. Can you give it a little example of something come to mind? <laughs> hmm. I, let me see. In terms of, like I said, I, I think one day we posted on our Instagram post, my son had lined up all of his stuffed animals. And it was kind of funny because it was right next to my, some of the sketches that we were doing with some fabric samples. And so we posted a picture online saying that uh, our co-creative director was starting a coup <laughs> and taking over and having a, uh, <laughs> a staff meeting without us. And so, you know, just kind of little things like little things like that. And we like to post about the humorous parts of, you know, mom life and parenthood. And really, it kind of resonates a lot. We see that it resonates with our, with our audience and with our consumer base. That's wonderful. <laughs> well, how can people find your, you and your products? They can find us at uh, www.stinaandmay.com, and then we are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at at stinaandmay.com. Or not dot com. Can you spell that out? And that is S as in Sam, T-I-N-A-A-N-D-M-A-E. M-A-E. Yes. So it's May with an E. Okay, May with an E. And yes. this, these names, just quickly, where did they come from? Uh, my grandmother's name, her nickname is Stina, and then my great-grandmother's uh, middle name was May. She was a Susie May. And those are two pivotal, awesome women who were great moms, and we wanted that to kind of reflect the backbone of our company. Great I moms who are it. awesome. Love it. Thanks Thank so much for Thank coming for out and me. sharing with us about your business and your, your vision and your mission. Thank you. Thank you so much. I am so grateful for the opportunity.
So thank you for coming on our show. And I just want to remind you that I work with people to get comfortable in presenting either on camera or on stage. And if you've got something coming up, you'll want to download my free Fear to Fabulous Blueprint, Mastering the Inner Game of Speaking Live or on Camera. Thank you again for coming on the show, and be sure to tune into the next episode. Thank you for listening to Women Inspired. The show is recorded live in the studios of Bedford TV in Massachusetts. Music courtesy of Sheikh Gamin. If you like this episode, please leave a review or comment. You can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or watch all the TV episodes of Women Inspired with the show notes and links at www.lindayugalo.com forward slash TV.